Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, there's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. everybody happy monday to you january 23rd 2023 this is kentucky roll call here on 96.1 fm 1450 on the am dial and we appreciate you starting your week with us waking up with us with a little krc tj walker nick roush and justin kalen is our producer justin are you feeling better this monday morning uh, I'm feeling a little better. I still am under the weather. I've deducted that it's a sinus infection, so it takes a little bit to go away. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm pretty good. I went to work yesterday. I'm going to go to work today. I'm here doing the show. So yeah, life goes on. That's good to hear. Have you taken any Mucinex or medicine? I have taken allergy pills. I'm not sure that's going <laughs> to fix a sinus infection, buddy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's... So to answer your question, no. Aside from allergy pills and nose spray, I have not taken anything. Maybe I should. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go today and get some. Mm. I'm tired of I'm tired of not being able to breathe normal. Yeah, because that, that medicine you're taking doesn't get the snot out. Like It right. doesn't remove the snot from your nasal cap. And I feel like the way I'm breathing, I feel like a freaking pug. It's like the... <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yours ugly is one too. Oh, hey. I'm just kidding. Suck pugs it. are pugs are cute, and so is our buddy Scoots. Roush, how are you? I'm doing well this morning. Got a good, a decent night's sleep, and uh, ready for uh, an exciting Monday show. Uh, there's a lot to discuss. These these are fun shows. Days like today, with a lot of sports still happening, a lot of good football games to talk about. So I'm excited. I'm fired up. How how are you, TJ? I'm a little sleepy. It's Monday. It was everybody hates to see the weekend go away, but uh, that's the way. That's the way it works. As Scooch said, life goes on, uh, and, and ready for this new week. But it was a nice weekend. Hated to to see it go, and a little tiny bit sleepy. But that's all right. I'm also ready for today's show. A lot to get to. Uh, a little disappointed with the the football games over the weekend yeah, yeah worst, we had, worst divisional round in a while it was yeah. not very good and there were i guess there were two that theoretically kind of came down to the wire but but all things considered it, it, the super duper wild card weekend was better and i was a little disappointed 
Yeah. Um, we really got what one good game. I think that was really it. I mean, you had a, a late cover for the Jags, but yeah, that the, the games weren't very good. Um, I would like to say too, because this week we had the, um, it was Saturday morning and Scoots was like, Hey, how about we put together a little KRC parlay? And the, so each of us picked our favorite games and to, to share for a parlay. And I naturally just shared my favorite NFL game. Uh, that was the only NFL bet I didn't hit all weekend was the one I felt most confident about. And that was the Giants who sucked so much. They were so bad. Oh my God. And to be down 28 to seven and you have a fourth and six and you punt the ball away. What are you doing? You idiots. They just, they just, I get that you were going to lose, but like, Oh man, that was so embarrassing. I apologize. I, I feel like a real dingus after that. Roush, I wasn't gonna out you, but it takes a big man to admit when you were wrong. So I appreciate you coming out and admitting that the Giants pick was yours because me and TJ were solid. Yeah, big dingus man, maybe. No Terrible pick, Roush. You blew it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I really I really blew it for us. I uh, screwed the pooch. I don't know why that like I could get why you'd think they'd cover, but I don't know why you'd be so sure about it. Like the Eagles have been probably the best team in the NFL all season. Well, you just thought the Giants were going to waltz on in there and and bring it down to the the wire. I the 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 big thing for me was that a it's the third time they played, so I, I just assumed that it would be like m- most divisional games, third time you play, it's going to be pretty tight. I also was wasn't like I, I was a little hesitant on how good Jalen Hurts would be. I mean, he only played like once in like five weeks or something like that. And he didn't look great in that one outing. So I thought, okay, well, they got a chance there. Um, but no, like his first pass was a 40-yard bomb. So, yeah, that was really, yeah, really set the tone early. That's betting. It happens. We're wrong all the time. And uh, we'll, we'll get it We'll get it next time, though. I'm, I'm confident in that. And congrats to all the Cincinnati Bengals listeners. I know we've got plenty in the area. That was a good old-fashioned butt-whooping. Mm-hmm. Whopper, Whopper, Junior Whopper. That was a domination from the Bengals over the Bills. The neutral site AFC Championship game, not to be. And Joe Burrow let folks know about it after the game. That that was one of those things where you, you kind of it seemed like the NFL had a script of wow, what a what a story with Hamlin and. You may get the first AFC or the first conference championship game at a neutral field. What a sight that will be. And Chief Bills, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, not that Joe Burrow's a slouch by any stretch of the imagination. And I think it, like, I, I knew a ton of Bengals fans that were whining about the situation, and understandably so. They were pretty hosed by the NFL throughout that whole ordeal. But it was one of those things where underneath the surface, it may have actually, all of it may have been a benefit to the Bengals. Like the motivation factor of yeah. feeling like the league is completely hosing you over, that may have actually, in hindsight, been a good thing for the Bengals. But I just think Cincinnati is a better team than Buffalo. I think they were just a better team at Buffalo nearly at every position. And they came in locked in, mentally ready to go. The weather didn't bother them. It seemed like it bothered Buffalo a, a much more, weirdly enough. And they got a huge win. So congrats to them. And they are one win away from the Cincinnati Bengals going to back-to-back Super Bowls. 
I think anybody would be lying if they thought they would see that happening. I know there's a lot of Bengals fans that are still pinching themselves, still not thinking it's actual reality. But congrats to all their fans. It's a really when your team is good and you've got a fun run, uh, and you also can look at the future and think like, well, why does it have to change next year? Why does it have to change in two years, three years, four years, five years even? Uh, it's a really special feeling, and I know people wearing orange and black are feeling that. So happy for them. I know as you all being fans of an AFC rival North divisional team, probably not as excited for them, but I'm happy for my Bengals fans. It's they're, they're, then they're a fun team to watch, and I think we got the four best teams in football remaining and playing on Sunday, and both those games hopefully should be good games. That's the thing with being a Steelers fan is when you look at a team like the Bengals, and you rank the rivalries, I mean, it obviously goes Baltimore 1, and then probably Cleveland, number 2, in terms of that division rivalry for the Steelers. And then you got the Bengals at the bottom, because quite frankly, the Bengals, in our lifetimes, haven't really ever competed. But I agree with you, TJ. This is a really fun team to watch. And I'm, despite being a Steelers fan, I'm really happy for Bengals fans as well. My roommate's a Bengals fan. He was real excited. I got some family members that are Bengals fans. Just makes it a fun run, and this really is a f- super fun team to watch. It does make me think, you idiot. Like you you cheered for the Bengals when they were the biggest losers ever, and then you jumped off the bandwagon <laughs> right when they actually became good. Um, because I was definitely uh I I think really what did it for me, that what 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 broke me was the Vontez Burfitt game uh, that they lost in the playoffs. I was just like, why would I waste my time cheering for a team that's never gonna win in the playoffs? And then two years later. Uh, Joe Burrow has now won, is it six playoff games as a starting quarterback? Yeah. yeah. Or, three, yeah. three or what? Conference game, divisional game, wild card game last so year. Five. He's won five. Wild card uh, game this year, divisional game this year, yeah. And, and to do it. Won the Super Duper Bowl. The thing that surprised me most about that game is like, in the snow games, the home team is supposed to be the one that looks like they are playing at regular speed while the visitors are kind of in soul motion or they're, uh, you know, maybe they're not catching the ball well or uh, they, they just look a little off. It was, it was the opposite where Joe Burrow was just freaking dropping dimes and Joe Mixon was running over dudes. Joe Mixon was running the ball hard yesterday. Buffalo couldn't run the ball at all. And I don't did, – did Josh Allen hit one deep shot? At all, that's usually the name of his game is hitting a couple bombs, and I don't, I don't think they hit any yesterday. No, none that, none that stand out to me. Uh, it was just a, a total domination in, in every facet of the game, similar to what the Eagles did to the Giants. Uh, the Jags Chiefs game probably had, at least when Mahomes got injured, you thought, all right, well, this one could could be the most interesting. But the Chiefs controlled the game, but it was a nice cover there by the Jags late. And then, Roush, I know you've got sources inside the football program. What do we have to do to get Cohen to run that final Dallas Cowboys play? That was a thing of genius there, putting Ezekiel Elliott at center, allowing him to just get completely and totally annihilated, and then end the game on a good old-fashioned, what, 7-yard, 11-yard completion there. What, what What one of the worst and most comical plays in football history. Well, you know what, I – it's one of those things. It it takes a rare genius to put your 
$40 million running back at center. And I don't know why, amid all the struggles with the big blue wall this year, that Coach Rich didn't try to see right at center. I mean, makes sense, right? What could yeah. have hurt? Yeah. You know, actually, like the funny thing is, so they, they were setting that play up, and I was – we were in bed talking with the wife, and I was like, I've always said that teams should just get all their linemen out for plays like this and just have as many athletic people in. But I thought it was a rule that you weren't allowed to do it. And the Cowboys still had four traditional offensive linemen in. They just spread them out on the line of scrimmage further which, away. Which makes so even I, less sense. Like, if you're going to do that, why would you keep your linemen in the game? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the rule is. I still think there's something about, like, you have to have some sort of traditional lineman in, but maybe not because, like, why would you be able to switch it out with the center and not the other position? So I don't I know what the rule yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, I, you know, I'm telling her, I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't think, you know, this isn't going to work because they've got to go 75 yards or however far it was. Great catch there by Schultz uh, to really prevent just oh, the, the Hail Mary, you know, 60-yard throw it up in the air ball. But – uh, that was how do you do that in that position? But regardless, I was like, it probably isn't going to work. But I've always said this isn't a bad idea. And sure enough, it ends up being like one of the most embarrassing plays in football history uh, to to end that game. So uh, it reminds me of the idea of putting like Chris Rodriguez under center when you need one yard. Uh, I, I've always said get rid of the lineman when you just need to lateral it and have as much speed and athleticism on the field as possible. Uh, maybe that was an example of why it, why it doesn't work. But I also think if you're – of all the people to throw it to, also if you're Dak, why would you throw it to him in, in the position? Like just throw it to the line of scrimmage out on the side where you've got the linemen and then just let the, let the merry-go-round music play. It's not going to work for you, but still, of all decisions, of all places to throw, throw the ball. Right in the middle of the field where you have no, no blockers. Nope. Yeah. No blood. Oh, you look at the people on the sides and like the linemen were prepared just for like, hey, swing it out and let's get to running and see what we can do. But nope, not not what Dak decided to do. Certainly not his best game as a cowboy. Uh, really a ton of late game shenanigans from the Cowboys. Just like and that's Man. Mike McCarthy football for you folks, just so y'all know. I really wanted there to be a piece, pick six, though, on that uh, – not not the last, last drive, but the one before that where it went right into the middle linebacker's hands. He just jumped the route. And then the next play, he could have had Gallup on a ball but threw a bad ball. Dak and the Cowboys choking. It was great. I saw uh, somebody tweeted at me like, well, the Cowboys choked again. Time to take down the Christmas decorations. And I was like, oh, I guess that is a, that's a good way to – it's a good timeline to put. Uh, just wait for the Cowboys to choke in the playoffs, and then that's when you you take all the stuff down. Well, that's all, folks, as they say, and I butchered it. But that uh, underwhelming divisional round, but probably should make for exciting conference championship games next Sunday, NFC at 3 o'clock, and then the Bengals at the Chiefs at 6. I think both those games should be great. The 49ers are just really, really good, but they'll have mm-hmm. to go on the road and see if they can knock off the Eagles. First time they'll be on the road in the playoffs. And then what's the status of Patrick Mahomes? It was a high ankle sprain. They must have shot him up with the good stuff there to get him just to be able to tolerate getting back into that game. Uh, but high ankle sprains can sometimes take a month, sometimes even longer than that. 
He'll obviously have the best treatment in the world. There'd be no better ankle to be from a treatment standpoint than Patrick Mahomes over the next week. So he'll be ready to go. But if you're the Bengals, you got to think, let's try to get a little pressure on him. Let's, you know, let's get some hits on him. If he does decide to run the ball, let's make sure we get contact, land on him, because uh, that's not going to be feeling good all game. Yeah. That is for sure. But they he missed a couple game. throws, too, that he would – there was there was one rollout in particular to like a screen pass where if he's normal Patrick Mahomes it's an easy pitch and catch but he wasn't normal Patrick Mahomes. Did you all hear yeah, the he ultimatum was. he was given during no. the game? So he wanted to come back in immediately, but the coaching staff told him that I guess due to optics, I imagine it was probably due to optics, he's not going back in unless he goes back to the training room. Was what they told him. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I- yeah, that is interesting. So he decided. He decided. Like, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say he decided to let the uh, trainers do their job and ultimately go back in the game. I mean, it's weird also that he if you to go back to the training room. When you're the Chiefs, too, you kind of want to protect your greatest asset. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I mean, they just they, they put him in the training room and taped him up. Like, not asking a lot. Well, I mean, they obviously gave him some. They gave him the old. Uh, who was it? Marcus Page. Marcus Page shot. Who was that uh, point guard for UNC in seventeen? I always get Page and uh, Kendall Marshall. Theo Pinson. Mm, I don't. Was it? I don't think it was Theo Pinson. Uh, but I think it were, was Marcus Page. Yeah. They were playing Kentucky. He had a bum ankle and then hurt it again. Uh, when they can Toward do all some child, of the, that's what it's called. Yeah, when they give you that shot, I guess you must be feeling like you're on top of the world. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing they they did that for for Patrick Mahomes, which is weird because he would probably know that. Like, I need to go back in this locker room because they're not just gonna with the TV cameras out there shoot you up on the sidelines. They've got those funny little tents, I guess. But um, right, yeah, right. Some, sometimes you probably need to go back, take your time, get what you need, and then head on back out there. But he probably still was in a lot of pain, even even with feeling the good stuff there. But uh, there's your there's your NFL weekend recap. Could have been a little bit better. Could have been a little bit more entertaining with the Eagles Giants blowout. We put yeah. on a movie that we both hadn't seen that has been out for 14 years. Up in the air. Have you all seen that movie? Nope. I have not either. Uh, George Clooney, right? George Clooney, Anna Kendrick. Yeah. yeah uh, I like I, those people. We. It was, I really liked it. The wife did not. Uh, I won't tell you why because. I do recommend watching it. Only an hour and forty-five minutes, too. So, like, not you know, not something you have to be totally. Completely... I'm a big uh, Anna Kendrick fan, too. No, who isn't? Yeah, who isn't? Yeah, she's great. Uh, you've got there. There's a lot of big names in that movie as well. I'm I'm just getting those are just the the two that stand out. But I'm not really familiar with Vera Farmiga, but she's great too. I was doing some uh, like half-ass blogging, you know, getting ready for uh, Sunday. Uh, Saturday night during the Eagles game, and I I kept it on uh, SNL, and they they did they did the thing where they didn't get really political, except making fun of George Santos, which is just the easiest way. Like, name a person easier to make fun of right now than that guy. Uh, but they also, as much attention as we give the Whopper, they did the NFL on Fox as their kind of cold open. They had like the the they had somebody imitating Michael Strahan, which was really good. Uh, but one of the person's pregame predictions was like, uh, he's going to have a, we're going to see at least a hundred 
Verizon uh, Einstein commercials, and he got it wrong. Uh, I, there were 200. I, th- those commercials are... I, I thought the Whopper one was bad. The, the Verizon Paul Giamatti, it, uh, ooh, it's wearing on me. Wearing My network has me. gone kaput. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then for UK games, which we're going to get into just in a moment... Uh, the chili commercials. Chili, chili, It's a lot. Like, I'll get super worked up about a call and then just instantly, chili, chili, chili. chili, chili. Uh, you also have Jason Bateman in the movie, Zach Galifianakis, Danny McBride, Sam Elliott. So it's it's a real who's who in the movie up in the air, uh, which, I, which I enjoyed. All right, let's take this time, take our first break. We'll come back, and then we are diving in headfirst into Kentucky's win. Win, that's right win over texas a&m the cats have a winning streak don't let them get hot we're gonna come back we're gonna talk all about it here on kentucky roll call tj walker nick Krause, justin kalen don't go anywhere We're looking down on Wayne's basement. Only that's not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. That's weird. Garth, that was a haiku. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Tucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports. Radio. Also watched a few episodes of that '90s show over Ooh. the weekend. Have you all anybody wa- watched that at all? No. Yeah. Is do we have at least the? Um, is is it? Does it have the charm of the that '70s show? So it's funny. We met up with uh, some family yesterday. And my brother brought up, he was like, did you watch that 70s show? And I was like, of course I did. It was on TV, like reruns of it was on TV all the time when we were growing up. So yes, I didn't watch it when it was like live or new episodes had come out, but it just, I forget what channel would play it, but they would just play it every day in the summer nonstop. So I eventually saw all the episodes and I enjoyed it. It was fine. And this was back when we were in high school and whatnot. So I was like, yeah, of course I watched it. And he was like, please tell me you ha- you haven't watched that 90s show. And I was like, actually, we did. We watched a few episodes. I have been pleasantly surprised he hated it. He was like, it's terrible. It, that's so, it's, so, it's so dumb. It's interesting. The, they, they do bring back some of your favorite characters. Weirdly enough, they're never in the same episode, or they haven't really been in the same episode yet, uh, except for the parents. They're, they're in every episode so far, and I think I've only watched three or four, so maybe it's changed with some of the other ones. But um, So, like, you know, one episode, they have Donna and Eric. Right, and, the next and then they'll episode, have Kelso they, but come back. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher yeah. and my, Mila Kunis was there. On, I was like, I wonder why they couldn't just bring them all back for, like, an episode, but maybe different schedules, different timing, or maybe they do later on. So it's interesting. The scenes with the parents, whether it's or the grandparents, whether it's Red and uh, Eric Kitty. or Donna uh, or Kitty, yeah, of course. I have like laughed out loud several times at some of their lines and some of their scenes. Like I have enjoyed the scenes that they're in. The scenes with the kids, 
not as good, like the new the new crop of '90s kids. And I don't necessarily get like a big like, oh yeah, this reminds me of the '90s. Maybe a little bit, but again, I've only watched a few episodes. They talk about like burning CDs, and that kind of was that was kind of funny. Uh, you got some Favre jerseys too, which is which is good stuff. Uh, Brett Favre gets mentioned several times, which is very '90s if mm-hmm. you're living in Wisconsin during that time. But I did also think like you you probably had adults that were in their 30s watching that '70s show potentially. And they would have been like, the scenes with the kids are kind of stupid, or this wasn't what it was like growing up in the 70s. I don't know. I'm not to say I I just enjoyed it because some of that stupid humor was stuff that was relevant when I was that age. So the adult scenes, funny. The other scenes, not great. But ultimately, I've enjoyed it. it, It's good kind of just put it on, have it on the background, check your phone, and like look up every so often type TV to me. I can get down with that. I I do think inherently um, one thing that as much as our, as much as our lives are different now than they were in the nineties, it's mostly different in just how we communicate with one another. But the, 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 the differences in like fashion and everything, they aren't as dramatic as they were from 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like that felt like, every 10 years there was just dramatic dramatic changes and like so like parents like to watch that show because of just the subtle like they would enjoy like oh they didn't have a can opener for their coke cans right like there's not as big a things there except like it's all subtle stuff like you said like the the cd burners or um maybe at some point they'll get like uh one person's going to end up having like a prepaid cell phone or something like that but uh i i just don't think like if you look back at fashion there's some stuff that will um kind of laugh at each other about but how much is it really that different it's just not it's not as crazy as is some of the other leaps from decade to decade no i i think that's well said i i agree with that but again i'm only a few episodes in so i haven't really made a final determination i i could bet that like trevor kelsey would just think it's like the dumbest thing in the world um my brother didn't like it so we'll see We'll see. But so far, the scenes with the adults, if you can make me laugh out loud in the TV show, I consider that pretty good. Uh, and I've done that a couple of times. So at least there's there's that. And Roush, I was smiling out loud as UK defeated Texas A&M, a hard-earned win against an undefeated SEC team. Texas A&M, I think, is mostly still projected on the outside of the tournament bubble. So is it a tournament team? We'll have to find out if they keep winning in conference play at a level that they've been winning at. They'll most certainly be in the tournament. Quad two win though. Tough- that, that was only Michigan is their only other quad two win so far this year. So, so they they've got, they've got they've uh, got they've got some tougher SEC games ahead of them. But it's a good win for Kentucky. Any conference wins a good win, and that was one that they had to grind out with their returning national player of the year in serious foul trouble and had to have him not play as aggressively and sometimes had to take him out of the game. And the Cats still found a way to win, controlled the game for the most part in the second half. Texas A&M still had a lead here or there. Uh, And then something that was a major issue with this team that we talked about a lot that even when they were going through their worst of the worst struggles, even if they get in a position to win, even if they play well enough to win, they don't know how to close out games. 
Well, that's now three games that they've had to to close out. The Georgia one, they they closed out by just pulling away and not giving Georgia any hope. Texas A&M would still hit some shots, and Kentucky still just did what it needed to do to put away the Aggies. And then, of course, the the win at Tennessee was impressive. They did that mostly from the free throw line. But Roush, slowly but surely, this team's growing. They're learning, and they're finding different ways to win. They had to grind it out late against the Aggies. And I was, I was, it was made for a really fun Saturday for me. What I was most impressed with, a lot of folks will pay attention to the 32 three-point attempts. is the third most in the Calipari era. Uh, Antonio Reeves hit the most. He hit five of the Cats' 11. I was most impressed with Reeves and his driving. And we, we talked about it a week or two ago. The dude felt like he was on the floor too much. He stayed on his feet against A&M. And when they needed buckets late, he was driving to the rim and hitting little floaters and six footers. And those easy, those shots that uh, are hard to create, but once you create, you need to knock them down. He'd struggled. Like he, he could get those shots, but his touch was just off to this point. To hit those mid range shots, he, it was a two point game uh, with about three minutes to go. And he had a couple of those runners. And then UK just made free throws to kind of close out the game. I, I, I was impressed. Um, with Antonio Reeves' performance, and it wasn't just his three-point shooting ability. Yeah, he he was he's starting to to heat up and cook, and I think we've learned, and I think Calipari has learned, especially that he's just you got to let Reeves play through his struggles and his misses because yes. Yes. he's a volume shooter, he's a volume scorer. He'll eventually figure it out, and I don't think any shot was more important than when. Cason Wallace gets a foul call that I thought was kind of bogus with about a minute 40 left. A&M yeah, was, was really, good. really good from the free throw line. So that cut the lead to four with about 90 seconds left by the time UK had kind of brought the ball up. And four-point game, 90 seconds. Texas A&M's not in foul territory at that point. That's, hey, if we get a stop here, we can be aggressive, get to the rim, they're not going to want to foul us. And then with a minute left, Texas A&M, it could have been a one-possession game where Kentucky, where A&M still doesn't need to foul, and UK needs to find a bucket with a minute left, or else Texas A&M could come down with a chance to tie or take the lead. And I just thought it was super impressive. That I thought it was probably kind of silly for A&M to press, um, but whatever. You had Antonio Reeves see his lane to have his opportunity it really goes against everything Cal normally wants to do and that's slow down chew up some clock Reeves said I see a basket I'm gonna go get it he didn't have any rebounders besides Oscar who was surrounded with three or four Texas A&M players Mm -hmm. so it's a make this shot or it's gonna be a four-point game with A&M getting the ball and guess what A&M came right down and scored so it would have been a two-point game had Reeves not hit that shot that took some guts to take that shot, to make that play, again, like I said, it kind of goes against what Calipari normally wants his players to do in that spot. And I freaking loved it, Roush. And then what does UK do the next possession? They do chew up some clock this time. It's a four-point game, but there's under a minute to play. It probably is a good time to chew up a little bit of clock, but you still need a basket. And C.J. Reeves, who was ice cold at times on Saturday, gets that little... I don't know, 18-footer, maybe 17-footer, and just buries it. It was pure, kind of a double clutch on it even. 
your shooters made big plays when they had to. That pushed the lead back to six. A&M would get no closer, and the Cats earned a big win with some clutch shots down the stretch from your shooters that have to be playing, that are playing, Roush, that are out on the floor. CJ and Reeves, especially CJ, there were times you were just like, gosh, how is he ever a 46, 48% three-point shooter? We can still talk about some of his missed shots, but to yeah. knock down that shot, for Reeves to knock down the shots he hit, uh, those are the players that have to be able to carry Kentucky in the scoring department when they're going to double Oscar, when they're going to triple Oscar. And when it mattered the most, Roush, they came up big, and I was really happy for them. I was happy for the entire team. So A&M, they were clearly on the just let anybody but Oscar beat us. Uh, they, were, they, they were throwing the kitchen sink at him. And in the first half, I'm just – why? I mean, Kentucky was so many wide open shots, and they just weren't falling. And I, I love getting the reinforcement from people who I know uh, know basketball because uh, at halftime, I loaded up the kids, went over to a friend's house uh, to watch some ball, let them play. And uh, so about the first four minutes, it was really that Oscar flagrant that I was hearing a lot of Jack Givens commentary, and he was just like. The shooters are getting open shots. Just keep shooting them. They're going to start falling eventually. And that that was my thought, too. Like, I, I never was overly tense or worried because Kentucky was getting open shots. And that that's – if you want to talk about tangible differences you see in this team, early in the year, they made it so hard on themselves to just get open looks. And now, I mean, they're, they're, they're there. They're there. Now, they're not always falling – but they're making life on themselves much easier offensively. And then defensively, they're forcing other teams to hit uh, tough shots, except for that that one stretch in the first half where Oscar got in foul trouble and AM just went on like a 10 to 2 run or something. It was crazy. I don't know what the hell happened there. That was poor. Yeah. And I think it, there, I mean, there's so much to, to take away and to break down from the game. Oscar getting that cheap foul on the first possession was dumb. Uh, and then he had a, a few more. And the the flagrant, the reviews, just so many joke. reviews. Like yeah, if you're going to review things, you got to put a stop clock, a uh, shot clock on it. Like you can't just take. I mean, that game took so long. And I saw Brandon Ramsey was of Kentucky Sports Radio. He was mad that they they're reviewing the push on Oscar, which was an incredibly dirty play for Marble. I think that just got lost in the whole shuffle of everything. And they go back and they're like, all right, well, why did, why did he do that? And he was mad that you, they went so far back to review that play. I didn't really, I mean, I figured they were probably going to, and Oscar does need to be smarter than that. But the fact that, and here, a drink, if you play a drinking game, when I bring up Jimmy Dykes or complain about Jimmy Dykes, but the fact that neither one of them, Tom Hart or Dykes, but a Hart eventually at least came around to it, didn't see that Marvel was holding down Oscar's arm was unbelievable. Like It took one replay to be like, all right, well, that's why Oscar got his arm up in the air and made contact with his face was because he was being held and he was just trying to, hey, get off me. And in the process of, hey, get off me, he did give him a little whack in the face, and Oscar's got to be smarter than that and not do that. Uh, he already is kind of playing a dangerous game with his elbows more times than not, and with how dumb college basketball is where they'll review anything that involves elbows, 
he's got to be more careful with that. And especially just kind of a blatant, like, little, hey, get off me. Here's a little smack in the face. Uh, Oscar can't do that stuff. And hopefully he'll learn that lesson, and that's a good teaching moment for him. But if the refs just call the hold when it happens, none of it happens. None of the ensuing BS happens. And Oscar could have been hurt. Uh, there could have been just a flat-out brawl based on what Marble did to Oscar. If the officials do their job and say, hey, Oscar's running up the court, yet a player is literally just wrapped around his arm, not letting him run freely, let's call that a foul. And then everything happened pretty quickly after that, where Oscar gets his hand up there, smacks him, uh, and Oscar's not he's not blameless in the whole deal, not trying to act like it, but if the officials just do their job off the get-go, call that a hold, then you don't have any of the assuming uh, back and forth where it yeah. is lucky that nobody else got hurt as the game went on. Now, Marble looked like he got cut, uh, concussed to Bolivia later in the game, but sure enough, he, he he came back in. I don't know if concussion protocol was was met there, but he got real banged up, came back in, and then eventually fouled out. Marvel's just a physical player. If he's on your team, you probably kind of like him. If you're going against him, you don't. But if you got a guy in the air, you can't a defenseless guy in the air. You just can't push him like he did no, on that no. play. That's, that's, I don't really have an issue with anything else he did throughout the entire game. He's a physical player. You, you know, college basketball teams need those guys. But that was that was too much. That was disappointing. That's like the one thing that bothered. Because I, I, and I was one of those two TJ where if I got a pump fake, I would drive my elbow into your neck so you wouldn't get the shot off. Like it was no matter what, you're not getting the shot off. But if somebody's up in the air, that's like the one. And and, the, and at times it's even frustrating too because if you pump fake them, you get called like the foul gets called on the floor sometimes unless you try to go up and flip them. But it's so dangerous that you, you just have to eat it right. Like it, there's like a. Um, uh, a moral and ethical responsibility to not take out somebody's knees in midair. Um, so that that is messed up. But uh, I, for me, just in general speaking, like the you can. It's kind of like when they had the pass interference could be reviewed for a year. If you put a camera on everything, I mean, you could call a holding on every penalty in football, right? If you go far enough back at some of these replays, you can find stuff where you miss calls. Uh, but just the the pace of play cannot be slowed to a crawl like it was with as many reviews as they had on Saturday. Now, I didn't mind as much because I was just trying to keep kids happy and stuff. I was kind of juggling. It was a it was a fun uh, da- boys weekend. Uh, but you know, you get you get a little bit more tears that mom can't help you deal with than normal. So I was like, okay, now here's my time to strike. Um, <laughs> but in general, that that's not this is not good basketball to have that much stoppage in play, and that's what actually made that final sequence a lot of fun because I mean this was a low scoring game that ended up with Kentucky having 76 points I mean they were in the 50s at the five minute mark right it was it was like 57 59 uh right it's, it, Kentucky hit a three and how about this TJ back-to-back weeks where we're offensive rebounds off a of free throw turning into a made three like that those plays are huge and Kentucky's re that was Case and Wallace who got this offensive rebound, not Oscar Sheboy. Those plays right there, Kentucky shot 18 more shots than AM, and they're a good rebounding team with a lot of big physical guys inside where people are losing their minds with some big early lineups. But it's like, well, you kind of have to play big to go up against this AM team. Yeah, you do. And they're they're super physical. So if you got people that can't take some elbows and punches and getting pushed around. 
then then it's going to be tough for you. And then also, CJ and Reeves aren't the most physical, biggest guys that are going to go crash the board and get some physical rebounds. So you 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 did you you needed to try some different things there on the front line. I thought Lance Ware, you know, he he kind of is what he is. I wish he could make a free throw um, yeah. or just kind of finish around the rim. But he's going to play hard, and he's going to play physical. He's going to play aggressive, and he's going to do some nice things on the defensive end. Supposedly, Yugana on Yenzo just didn't miss a shot in warm-ups, and he got a wide-open little uh, jumper there. And, it, and unfortunately, he didn't knock it down when it mattered. But, uh, you know, you got, you got a minute from him or however much it was. So that, that, was, that was good. Uh, this is one thing about the game. Oscar coming off his just monster performance against Georgia where they just didn't double team him and you saw what happened. Teams are going to have to choose. Every team Kentucky's going to play the rest of the season, they're going to have to choose how do we want to play Oscar Shibway? Do we want to do what Texas A&M did and then just give up some threes and live with that or do we feel like we have a big that can that can go up against Oscar and, and can make life difficult on him. Teams are going to have to choose. And that's why I we were on the show here complaining and frustrated and upset just as much as anybody else. But when the start of the season didn't go the way that we wanted and some of you UK fans were retweeting Dane O'Neill and Jeff Goodman, is UK's offense all of a sudden not archaic anymore, everybody? Did Calipari all of a sudden figure out how to coach? Did UK all of a sudden now three-point shooting specialist team? Did it change overnight? That's why those comments from national media that generally just don't have a clue are so frustrating and need to be treated as garbage because that's what they are. That's why they're so dumb. And shame on the people that bought into it just because it fit your narrative of, I'm frustrated with Calipari. I'm going to take anything I can get. I don't blame people for being frustrated with him. There's different storylines to be had, but to to kind of simp, as the kids say, for those writers and those journalists was idiotic. When UK has open threes, they're going to take them. And they had a ton of them against A&M because that's the way the Aggies wanted to play the game. And UK said, fine, we'll take them. And if CJ just hits at a, it doesn't have to be at like his best percentage, but hits at a good clip, UK absolutely beats the brakes off this A&M team. If he just hits at a decent level, yeah. UK dominates that game. He went two of 10. Yeah. Went two of 10. Um, and he's a great shooter. I don't know if I buy the finger thing, Roush. I see a lot of people talking about, people are saying, you know, he had that finger injury and he still got a little bandage on his finger. It could totally be true. My only thing is, Roush, then, like, why does he hit some of them? You know, like, he, some of them look really good and they look like old CJ Frederick. And then others of, I mean, all of them actually look pretty good. It's not like he really has terrible misses. Maybe one a game is off a little bit, but most of them look like they're going to go in and sometimes they just rattle out. They spin in, spin out, hit the back of the rib just by like a half inch and then end up not falling. So I don't know if I buy the finger thing so much, and that's just one person's opinion. But he's not going to be too. He's not going to be twenty percent from three often. That number is going to be closer to 30, 40, 50 some games, uh, and those are going to be the fun ones. But choose your poison teams when you want to go against this UK team. You can go down and try to help in on Oscar. And you're going to give up something at the perimeter. 
or let Oscar work one-on-one -on -one inside and see how that goes for you either. Uh, Cal did a great job coaching, by the way. They put, similar to Kansas game last year with Keon Brooks at the free throw line, they put Jacob Toppin at the free throw line. And it wasn't as simple as, like, they were running a zone, so put Jacob at the free throw line and get him the ball. Sometimes Jacob had to work for it. You go bring the ball into the free throw line yourself, or the offense would kind of be moving at a different pace. And that would either make the double team on Oscar come out to Jacob and leave Oscar by himself, and he got an and one off that and got a couple buckets off that. Uh, that was nice to see. Or it would have the defense on the perimeter collapse down and – even more wide-open shots. It really kind of put Texas A&M in a little bit of a pretzel. Uh, it was a great coaching game, I thought, from Cal, especially with Oscar in foul trouble and having to get creative a little bit and not allow him to play as aggressively. Uh, good job by the staff. Good job by the players. And I'm, I'm fine with them shooting a million threes, Roush, if they were as open as they were on Saturday. Yeah, and I, I think at one point this year, you, you looked up and Kentucky was one of the best three-point shooting teams in the SEC. Well, they were only taking something like seven a game. So, yes, shoot more threes. I also thought we talked last week about Jacob Toppin not he, – he hadn't been hitting those shots that we'd come to expect of him. Well, uh, right on cue, <laughs> right? Uh, Luckett found a good stat, too, that I did not know. Kentucky's 5-1 and one if Toppin scores 15 points or more. So, when Toppin gets going, things go well for the Cats. He had that line drive three that went in that kind of uh, – Felt like it got some things going, right? That was kind of at a stalemate. And I believe that was right before we had uh, Wheeler get Chris Livingston a pair of wide-open threes in the corner. And I, I do love that about Livingston's game where you get you, – you just don't know what you're going to get from him from game to game, but you're at least getting something. And those threes by him in the first half uh, kept Rupp really engaged. Uh, you know, it felt like that was a really good atmosphere. Uh, but when they were getting all those open looks, you're like, please, somebody just hit them, and, and Livingston uh, delivered. Yeah, he did. He, we didn't get the, the one strong take to the basket from Livingston that goes in, unfortunately. And I saw some people complaining about him only getting 13 minutes, which I agree. Like, I think Livingston should be getting more minutes, but Toppin was in like his that. bag, you know. Yeah. Uh, he was playing really well. And none of us want an Oscar Toppin Livingston lineup, right? You're not taking out CJ or Antonio. So it was kind of just process of elimination, unfortunately. You could make the case that, hey, when Oscar was in foul trouble, could you not put Toppin at the five and Livingston at the four? I would probably try it if I were John Calipari. He did not. And I do think you'd worry about Toppin just getting bullied around in the paint by Texas A&M's physical bigs, and it's probably true. It probably would have happened, but it would have been a nightmare lineup for A&M to have to guard, so I would have at least maybe given it a shot. That way you get Livingston on the court a little bit more, uh, but they elected to go with with Ware and or and Uganda for a little bit, and I don't I don't necessarily blame them for that. I would have tried it, though, but it's tough. You know, it, it, it's tough to get him minutes, but at least when he was in there, he spread the floor. He knocked down a few shots. I'm fine with him taking any open shots he gets. Wheeler found him, and uh, he knocked it down. So, yeah, it, it was uh, – Livingston, I thought, was a, a nice role player. You're starting to see the makeup of this team, the formula for success, and Livingston being one of the first guys off the bench, although he starts, but you get what I'm saying, yeah. uh, is going to be an important factor in all that. Yeah, it it is nice, though, that Kentucky has seemingly found something. And, yes, it's, it's at the – 
the expense of severe Wheeler. Um, you know, he, I thought he had some moments in that first half, but like it, it was pretty clear that this wasn't going to be a severe Wheeler game early on. Uh, but Kentucky has found something. I mean, that was, you heard Buzz Williams say it afterwards, their spacing, their pace of play. It's just different. Um, uh, it just, it just is. And I, the, whether you're a numbers guy, well, like the the whole argument took on a, a life of its own, I think, where like there there's there's no nuance in the conversation. Uh, numbers people look to certain things, but I just think like eyeballs, man. Kentucky just it feels like they're they're moving in the right direction. And my biggest, I don't want to say worry going into this game, but TJ, I just wanted to make sure that that Tennessee game wasn't a one hit wonder. And you're not going to really learn that by beating Georgia in a game where you didn't really play great and Oscar kind of had to do everything. Stacking up three game wins in a row and kind of doing them all in different fashion, it showed me that this team is starting to click, right? That they are going in the right direction. They're going to have another uh, challenge by going on the road against Vanderbilt. A, a winnable challenge, but one they should win, another quad two game to add to that resume. Uh, and then you go in, you're facing a Kansas team that's really reeling right now. Uh, with, I mean, they, they lost by one in overtime at Kansas State, and then TCU beat the snot out of them at home on Saturday by 26. So uh, while you're you're getting things together, just keep this slow build going. Keep the ball moving in the right direction. And they did just that against a and For what it's worth, yeah. Severe Wheeler has played 90 seconds in the second half of the last two games combined. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a it's a better lineup when better offensive lineup, no doubt about it. Agreed. When he's not on the floor, and it's a better defensive lineup when you have Wallace guarding the other team's best penetrator and and creator. By the way, Kansas plays Baylor tonight on the road, so the Jayhawks could be having a losing streak when they come in to Rupp Arena on Saturday. Certainly, something to keep an eye on. They got absolutely annihilated what Kentucky did to them on the road last year. TCU was very, very similar on Saturday when the UK game was at commercials. I was flipping over just waiting for Kansas to go on their run and they couldn't hit water. If they fell off a boat, it was a, a total beatdown. and probably, I don't know what the line is tonight, but I would imagine it's they're They're not big favorites if they're favorites at all at Baylor. So, that's not that's not good for Kansas, but something to keep an eye on. And the Georgia and I and, and there is if you if you're trying to take a more leveled approach with this, you beat Tennessee. I don't think there's anything negative you can say about that. That was nope. a huge win. You know, I mean, you're the saying pretty, the biggest best win of college basketball season so far. Yeah, I think I think it is. I, I think when you break it down, it is. Temple just won at Houston. Yep. Uh, so that takes a little bit of shine over Alabama's win at Houston, but Alabama maybe ranked number one today and may it, actually be the best team in the country. I so, think yeah. they're better than Purdue. I mean, the way they're just annihilating teams, Purdue struggled at home against Maryland, uh, but Purdue only has one loss, right? So they'll probably Purdue's get number one. Too. But yeah, just yeah. the point being, I think Kentucky's win over Tennessee is probably the best of the year. And then the second half against Georgia was like, you know, Wiley Coyote, big eyes. Whoa, this team can just do anything. And then the A&M game, again, wasn't probably the prettiest thing in the world, but that was an undefeated conference opponent that was playing with a lot of pride, really physical, and UK was able 
to grind out a win with Oscar Sheboy in mega foul trouble and UK not shooting the ball particularly great. So they're doing it in different ways. Uh, it, it is fun to watch. I still don't think they've played their best game or where everything just has totally clicked. Maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't, but I think it probably will at some point, and things are starting to get a little bit of fun in Lexington. By the, way, hit, hit our- by the way, Kansas is a two-and-a-half-point underdog tonight. Yeah, saw that. And the one thing I wanted to add, to: first time in AP poll history, top two teams lost at home in a two-day span, Kansas and Houston. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and the bigger picture in college basketball, too, folks, is anybody that scary? Is anybody look no. down that top twenty-five? You got Florida Atlantic and Charleston. I mean, those teams might have to win their conference to get into the thing. Clemson is one of the best teams in the ACC. Are any of those teams going to scare you when you get in the tournament? No, I mean it's probably. I think the, the scariest team is probably Alabama, and they are really, really good. But uh, are they peaking too early? Many people are wondering. Mm. Our we never peak too early. Hour one is done. Hour two coming up next. Remember to pop into a Thornton's on your way into the office today. Get some coffee. Get some donuts. Get your week started oh, off on the right foot. We love Thornton's. Papa brought a donut well. over for Duke this morning, and I'm kind of jealous. Not gonna lie. Uh, Papa for the win. That's always a, yeah. a good move. All right, we'll be back. Hour two, KRC coming up next. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. Roll Call. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Fun first hour breaking down. In segment one, the NFL games from the weekend, and then the rest of the hour talking about UK's win over Texas A&M, handing them their first conference loss of the season. Uh, Both A&M and Tennessee, only one conference loss on the year, and both of them handed to them by the Kentucky Wildcats. Good to see. I guess on the flip side, though, South Carolina only has one conference win, courtesy of UK. So it's, it's been a... Roller coaster of a season, especially in SEC play, and the ride resumes down in Nashville tomorrow night for a late one, and we'll talk more about the Cats and Commodores tomorrow. Remember, Kentucky Roll Call goes 7-9 to nine Monday through Friday, replay of the show 9-11, to 11, and you can listen to KRC wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and review if you don't mind. Make it funny. We may read it on air. And then join us on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page and in our little Twitter community, which is always a good time. Text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, and we'll read it at some point. We may we have a lot, so we may not get to them until sometime tomorrow, but uh, that'll work too. That'll be fine. Uh, Roush, where do you want to go to start hour two? Uh, we can go to the text line. Ooh, I know where to go. Oh, We'll go to the text line, but Scoot, shout out to your Hoosiers. Three straight, nice win for Indiana. Yeah, yeah, it's it's 
the way they have played, it directly coincides with Kentucky's turnaround. The, both teams in their last three games have just been completely different teams for whatever reason. But, yeah, nice nice win for Indiana yesterday. That was great to see. Race Thompson came back, so that's big time. I, yeah, I know is. you've been you've always said he's the heart and soul of Indiana basketball, and that was a huge blow when he was injured. But I didn't know you said that Indiana was national championship good. I don't I don't remember you saying that on the KRC airwaves. Do you remember him saying that, DJ? I, I may not have said it on KRC, but I said it at the beginning of the season that this team could win a national championship. And I still the fact that we are what six seven games into Big Ten play, and I still have that belief with the way they've played lately. It doesn't always happen for me every year with Indiana. So just let me enjoy the ride. No need to pile on. Go Hoosiers. Well, it wouldn't be piling on, would it? No, I mean, if you all just sit there and give me grief, oh, you're an idiot. You think they're a national title team? Just let me have my moment. I, I will say Sweeney had a tweet that was like, no team has a better set of wins. Excuse me if I'm not drooling over IU winning two road games over IU hasn't beaten anybody in their last three that's going to sniff the second weekend of the NCAA tournament it's not they won the game so who cares at the end of the day the win at Illinois is impressive because conference road wins are good but Illinois has been as Jekyll and Hyde of a team has been all season but it was a great win not taking anything away from it but the Wisconsin and I know Wisconsin's ranked don't care and Michigan State wins at home that's not the. You should grim. you should win those. It's not games. it's not just the fact that they've won. It's how they won. I mean they they destroyed Illinois. They destroyed Wisconsin. That game against Michigan State yesterday wasn't that close. I mean it's they're winning in big ways, which makes it really exciting. It's it's a it, I'm not trying to pile on. It is, and after losing to Northwestern, Penn State, who was the other team you all lost to? Rutgers. That little three game. Freaking Rutgers. Rutgers. Like, that's the way you respond. So you should be over-the-moon mm-hmm. happy. And while we may disagree if it's national championship good or not, at least you're able to start dreaming again about maybe a fun March run, whatever that amounts to. It's more fun to have faith and belief that your team can do something. And UK fans can relate to that. Do UK fans think that UK is a national championship contender right now? No, I don't think so. But I think Roush summed it up pretty well in hour one, where it's like, who are you really scared of? Uh, you can and, and once we saw UNC as an eight seed, we've obviously seen UK with Calipari as the coach as an eight seed be able to make championship runs. Now both of them came up a game short, but it's all about getting into the dance, playing your best basketball, and if the matchups work out well, you can you can make a big run, uh, or you could potentially run into a St. Peter's. You, that that's the beauty of March, but it's more fun to have optimism, Scoot. So I'm happy that you're feeling good. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, it really is. It's nice when you can have hope again. I mean, like I said, I didn't ever have that with Indiana. Or I, haven't, I mean, I have, but not since I was a kid. So, yeah, it's just nice to have belief. And, and like I said, it's the way they're winning games. Same thing with Kentucky. Three games ago, this is not a tournament team. Same thing with Indiana. Three games ago, not a tournament team. Both now are, I would say, firmly in the tournament. So it makes it fun. that have Kentucky on the outside, but I would guarantee if selection show was today, Kentucky would be in, yeah. but it's not today. That's not the way it works. You got a lot of time, uh, but I, I think that Kentucky is on the right side as of now, 
Now, a loss to Vanderbilt Tuesday, that wouldn't do you any favors, but a win uh, make you feel a little bit better. And if you lose to Kansas, that's not going to hurt your resume, but it will just be a missed opportunity to really, really improve it. So a big week for Kentucky basketball and happy to be able to do a radio show to talk about it. Roush, we may as well just get this out of the way because the texters bring it up frequently. Do you want to talk about your tweet on Saturday? Um, if we want to, I don't care. We can wait till the texters bring it up, but I, I, I shouldn't have tweeted it out. I was just that stupid thing that the dude, like, I don't, I normally don't, I'm pretty good about just not caring, but the one tweet that the guy, uh, the, the, that was posted on the KRC Facebook group, where it was just a bunch of my profile pictures. <laughs> it annoyed the hell out of me. I don't know why that one in particular did, but it, it just annoyed the bejesus out of me. And I'm just like, all right, bunch of losers. Like, y'all going to keep talking trash now? Like, it, it just – I got a little irked, and I shouldn't have. And so I was just like, ah, I don't need to just fight a severe wheeler fight. Like, it's not worth it. We all know this road we're going down. I don't need to just pick internet fights. It's stupid. So let's move on. I didn't understand uh, that graphic. Like, what was going on? It was just like a compilation of the Twitter accounts that cry about severe wheeler. And they went oh, okay. they went heavy on Roush. Our boy Beasy was on there and he took it he took it with stride, Roush. You shouldn't have let that bothered you. It was a joke and you know, I, I knew it I knew it did. Um it, it it's one of those things though, like I, I'm pretty good about it, but about once a year there's like a collective buildup and I just wanna like you just wanna flex that, that muscle and exhale a little bit. And afterwards I was just like, uh now is not the time. Now it's not the time. I should have just quit. Wheeler did have the worst plus minus in the game on Saturday and uh, couldn't fight through a screen, gave up a bucket, but he did also find Livingston and did create some open opportunities from from deep for UK. But I, I think everybody knows. I think Severe Wheeler probably more than anybody else. The writing's on the wall that he is now a bench player for Kentucky, but he does, uh, again, you know, people that overanalyze what's going on on the bench, I think, is a little much. But he seems well, like he's being a good teammate. He's doing the right things. I think we can all just comfortably fall into, like, where things are at. Wheeler, yes. a bench player, going to get on the floor. Hopefully when he's out there, he does some good things. I still wouldn't be shocked if there's a game where maybe Kaysen gets in foul trouble or back spasms where he's got to go out there and, and try to help UK win a game and maybe even make some plays offensively himself. Uh, but I, I think everybody's kind of settled in, and hopefully the divide can just seize because it's kind of silly when you think about it. Well, and the thing was is like <laughs> now this is all of me just improperly framing an argument, but also just calling it like I just call it how I see it. But everybody was clamoring for this lineup. Well, what did that lineup not have? <laughs> you know, it's it's it, we're all on the same page. Um, it's just. Yeah, I just, I just maybe got a little, uh, little, little triggered. And the only thing is, Roush, you know, like it's with a nickname where if you let people know it bothers you, it may happen again. But uh, I, I think that just deleting the tweet, admitting like you did here today that like you shouldn't have done it, then everybody can move on. Bygones are bygones. Yep, yep. We're just moving forward. And uh, you, but by all means, if you want to give me hell in the text line, 502. 414-1450 414-1450 is the number through the Thornton's text. And I got thick skin on here. And if you're listening on here, too, you've heard our conversations. There's a nuance to it. There's no nuance at all on Twitter. Just a bunch of angry people. So 
Uh, love hearing from our texters here. The first one says, makes Cal and Livingston feel better. We can play the lineup of point guard Wallace, shooting guard Reeves, small forward Livingston, power forward CJ Frederick, center Oscar. Solving UK athletics problems one bright idea at the time. There you go. Yeah, the, the whole, like, Livingston can't play the four, uh, it is wild to me. But if Toppin keeps playing the way he's playing, then I, I'm not as anxious to have it happen. But I still think that, like, I, I mean, I, I still think, everybody thinks that, okay, if Toppin's out of the game, let's not do Lance Ware, let's do Livingston there at the four. But Lance fights, I, I think the, the rotations and the lineups are starting to fall into place. Did it take too long? Probably. But at least it's there. And it's uh, it's fun. It's, it's fun basketball, I think, is the most the coolest thing about it. It's not grinding out the shot clock till the final three seconds and just hoping something works. It's a lot of movement, and people are getting open. And whether they hit the shots or not, they're open shots, so you feel good about them. And more times than not, I think this offense is, is answering the call since the since the, the, the lineups that we've been wanting have been seen more and more. And not trying to give Calipari a pass, but like CJ has been hurt. Cason Wallace has had to deal with some injuries and some back spasms, obviously. Toppin's been injured at times as well. Not excusing that it, it shouldn't, it should not have taken as long as it did, but there were, there are some circumstances that people conveniently just leave out for like how long it took to kind of get to fall into place for things to fall into place, but we're there now and that's good. And it seems like the fan base is starting to kind of come together and that's yeah. always fun. Yeah. This Especially from Robert. big Saturday wins at Rupp. Like it's just oh, a yeah. fun atmosphere. Uh, you had all the celebs out, the Benny Snells. Uh, we, we had uh, a bunch of recruits in town too. Woo Sp- Spencer was on an official visit. So uh looked like a, looked like a rowdy town. And Rupp's going to be rocking on Saturday for that Kansas game, regardless. Awesome. But if, if yeah. you beat Vanderbilt, yeah. then with you, you got football that's going to be doing some signings and giving a you know being around the fan base. Uh, you'll have the basketball buzz. It'll be a really really fun time to be in Lexington. But beat Vanderbilt, make sure that everybody all the all the good mood is carried over into Saturday, and you hope that they're not overlooking the Commodores. But with it being a road game. I, I think they'll they'll be ready to go. And plus, Stackhouse absolutely despises Calipari, so <laughs> I think Cal will have his guys ready to fight. But it's a it's a solid Vanderbilt team. But we'll talk more about that game tomorrow. Who doesn't Robert, Stackhouse uh, despise? What's that? Who doesn't Stackhouse despise? Seems like he hates uh, everyone. He does kind of just seem like angry. Yeah, just <laughs> against the world. I enjoy watching him tearing the refs, though. That's that's always fun. Suck it, buddy. A texter says, and this is Robert, weird how being pro-gambling is starting to pick up steam in an election year where Republicans are projected to take back the governorship while maintaining their supermajority. Total coincidence, I guess, says Robert. Just get it through. Just get it through. I don't care about any of the politics involved, quite literally, pun intended, but just Get it through, whatever it takes. And yeah. if, not, if it doesn't get through this year, I mean, it's just idiot. It's just idiotic. I, I just hate ha- having to make bets like three days be- before those NFL games. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. have any college basketball ones that I could even just take a casual look at. Uh, but hey, horse racing season's back. Got my first win in the Derby League. So bada boom, bada bang. Brad Cox, let's go in the Lacombe. I'll still just get triggered to Bolivia every time I hear that skilled gaming commercial. Oh, uh, hey, hey, you dinguses. You know what else is skilled gaming? 
knowing how to play a blackjack hand at 16 when the dealer is showing 16. That's that's a game of skill. Playing yeah. some poker. And, I, and I'll never figure out that skill, ever. Yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> I'll, I'll still struggle with it. Uh, being able to say, you know what, I know the Cats are going to dominate today. I'm going to put some coin on them. That's skill. And But, of course, they don't mention that. Instead, it's they think skill is playing slot machines and pushing a button. Which is not skill, actually, weirdly enough. But, uh, yeah, that will always trigger me. I would venture to say that sports gambling, the way we play anyhow, is not skill. It's all, I mean, if you all are anything like me, it's all gut and your heart. You got to, I mean, it's not. That's a skill. It's a muscle that you've uh, exercised over years and years. I'll I'll give you that one. You have a. You, you, you have a hunch on what's what's going to happen. Like I'll, betting, uh, yeah. I'll give you that one. But we don't put, what my point was, is we just, we don't put research into like, like, like a lot of people do, which makes it a skill. Well, speak for yourself, Scoots. I mean, Scoots, what do you think like watching eight hours of college basketball a week is? It's really probably more than that for me at least. But like, do you, you don't think that's, that involves skill and then taking what you process and then making decisions based on that. Yeah, you may be right. I've never, I've just never thought of it that way. I mean, there's no maybe about it. I'm, I am 100% <laughs> right. Scoots is just not a skilled basketball watcher. Maybe no, not. Yeah. Like skilled basketball better, but not watcher. We've heard his, we've heard his take. So I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, Texter says, why does Blanken Baker talk like that? I, I don't know exactly what you mean Texter, but I, I don't know. I'm, uh, the head of the tournament committee literally said after that A and M SEC title game that it didn't matter because the bracket was already set. Which, go ahead and move that SEC tournament championship to Saturday. Why not? Uh, it reminded me of that meme. Like, well, they made changes about that, right? They made changes for that exact reason, didn't they? No, no, they didn't. They didn't make any changes. It's still the same old stupid crap. Uh, we're doing a big Reeves or CJ game here soon. They played okay, but nothing mind blowing. Thinking a four of six, five of seven, three tight game from the, around the corner for one of them. Well, it wasn't in the fa- former fashion we thought from Reeves, but career or season high twenty three on Saturday. Yeah, that texter sent that in Friday before the game even played. Uh, five eleven from three from Reeves. That'll that'll do the trick for me. If he can mm-hmm. hit five threes, uh, hell yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think if you it, now if you want to combine them, seven of twenty-one between CJ and Reeves from three, not bad. If those two can combine for seven threes more times than not, it's going to be good news for UK. But that number can also be a lot better. You, yeah, you can get yeah. better than thirty-three percent from those two, and it will happen. It will in one game, and that's going to be a lot of fun when it does. What do we got next? Um, Oscar Lance, Severe, and Livingston, you must be kidding. See, and that, like, I, I wasn't going to get lineup triggered in the first half because they were playing big. Now, didn't work very well defensively. Thought it might be better, but that, that little run they got on there in the first half, I, I was a little, a little worried, a little, a little angry. Yeah, 14 to 2. It should never happen at home. That, that was disappointing. Now, what they do, they came out and they answered in a big way, just instantly snapped their fingers and answered. That's what good teams do. Good teams don't have bad things happen to them or make bad mistakes. It's how they respond. And just far too often, this UK team just has had no response, no punch back, no nothing. They do now. And they've shown it in every game during this winning streak. That's been really, really entertaining to watch. You know, even the way that half ended against Georgia, where it's just like, what? This is Georgia, you all. What is going on? 
what do they do to start the second half? I think by the first TV timeout, UK was winning or it was tied. Like this team is starting to show a counterpunch that we had not seen for the first several months of the season. And when they gave up that 14 to two run, everybody should have been disappointed in that. That's ridiculous. That shouldn't happen uh, to an inferior opponent on your home floor, but they came back with a good counterpunch. And I think part of it too, was you got the, the right guys in there again. So uh, that was good. It's all about the response though. Gosh, why can't CJ make a shot? Good question. Maybe it's his finger. Maybe just an off night. But if he's open, he's got to shoot it every single time, and I love that he's doing that. And he still hit that big shot uh, late to push the lead back to six, and, and that was really, really important. So he hit it when it mattered the most. You'd be up 10 at half if Frederick and Wallace could just hit a few of their open shots. Yeah, that's another thing. Wallace was also a little cold from, from outside, one of seven for him. I, I do think his earlier numbers, Roush, were probably a little inflated. And he's yeah. coming back, water's finding its level a little bit. But if he's open, I still want him to shoot it. And and he, he doesn't lack confidence either. And they weren't they weren't bad shots either. Like a lot of them were the byproduct of getting people open, moving the ball around, right? Like so you can't you can't be mad. The, the shots just weren't falling. They they eventually started falling. Yeah, after that first possession kind of air ball floater, which was not good from Wallace. He was three of five from his two point shots, and that's you know he's got to hit those two point shots. He had that reverse layup uh, in the second half that was really important. He had Reeves in the corner, and I think a lot of people were pass it to Reeves. You got to get it to him. Now you take the easy two when it's that easy, and he went ahead and he finished that. He's starting to take the ball to the basket a little bit more. That's fun to see. And uh, again, three of five after his missed first shot from two. That'll do. You know, sixty percent. Mm -hmm. Nobody's mad about that. Um. Another texture, it's uh, Billy Big Blue. I'm legally blind, and I could shoot better than Frederick did in the first half. Billy Big Blue, are you really legally blind? Man. I don't think he'd lie on the text line. That would be that pretty wild. Uh, yeah, you know what? I want to see I want to see you shoot some – send us a video into the text line of you just ripping down some threes. <laughs> I believe it. I believe that you could knock them down, buddy. Another texture says, Hormel chili and cheese sounds like a stomach egg. Totally agree. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm I'm also one of those two. Like making chili is a fun kind of process. I don't know why you would want to just buy it out of a can, except for the people who uh, I, I know a lot of Bengals fans who do the skyline chili from a can on game day. I get that. I, I get that. I admittedly went to the grocery store on Saturday, which I never do. Maybe Whoa. maybe four or five times a year I'll go to the grocery store. But I admittedly got home. Unpacked all my groceries, put them away, sat down to watch the Cats game. First Hormel Chili commercial I saw, I was like, man, I should have got some of that and got some queso, mixed it together. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? They're, they're getting me. They Seen it so you. many times, they're getting me. They got you. Scoot's, Scoot's sick as a dog, just making sure he can spread his germs anywhere he can. Grocery store, the whole, the whole to-do. Grocery store was a ghost town. It was nice. On a Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday morning at like 10, 10 o'clock. It was a ghost town. And usually it's pretty. pretty it was awesome. I went Sunday around Sundays. the same time. Yeah, Sunday's very, a madhouse. It's very crowded. Yeah. yeah. If you go on Sundays, you got to be there like when the door first opens. It's That's the day that people want to get all their stuff done for the weekend. I just had to pick up a few things, so I, I was in and out. But there, there were a ton of people. There was a lot of cart maneuvering in the aisles and the lanes. I, I, I have found myself, though, uh, reaching the point of like, gosh, I'm going to the grocery all the freaking time. It just, you know, uh, 
cool. It's the it's the dad stuff. It's like we're just that's yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully you didn't sneeze or cough on anybody, Scoots. No, that's good. Everybody was guys, out of arms way. Good, good, good. Guys grabbing Oscar's arm going up the court and commentators saying, I don't know why Oscar did that. It's so stupid. The play is over. This would be like having a drive in football and going back three plays before and calling targeting. I mean, I, that's a little hyperbole, Texter, just because it wasn't three plays before. It was the same possession. It was earlier in the possession, but it was the same possession. So your comparison doesn't land. But I don't mind them going back and looking at that. But that being said, like, how did you not see that he was provoked twice? I mean, once with just a blatant, dirty push at the end of the play. And then he was holding his arm going up the court. So, of course, he was going to react. Again, Oscar's got to be smarter than that. But, like, the fact that commentators didn't see that, and it also seemed like the the ref didn't, because Cal was like, you know, he was talking to Doug Shouse. He was saying, like, he was getting his arm hold. He was getting his arm hold. And Doug was like, no, 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 no. It's like, yes, he was. What are you all looking at in these reviews, you dinguses? But it is what it is. Hopefully a valuable learning lesson for Oscar. He's more important than any of the other goobers on the other team. So he's got he's to gotta respond and, uh, appropriately, which is basically not responding. Mm-hmm. Easier I didn't said than done, the Purdue-Maryland game yesterday, but really weird like visuals with Purdue's jerseys. Yeah, and the yellow from Maryland, too. I just caught a few highlights. Um, Makes everybody look like as pasty white as possible, which most of the time is accurate with Purdue, but this like even more so. Huh, really weird. Funny how the human eye works. Okay, let's take our last break. We'll come back. We'll just keep ripping into the Thornton's text line. We'll do our best to get as far as we can, but there's always tomorrow. Uh, if we don't, just something to something to remember. And also, remember our friends at Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. I got a lot of people I know that are skiing and snowboarding. I got a brother-in-law out there in Utah right now. He's wearing his Shady Rays snow goggles. They got it all. It's not just sunglasses, folks. They got the the blue lens glasses as well. If you're if you're staring at computer screens, I promise you, just go to their website. If you're a runner or jogger, you're training for the marathon seasons that's coming up. They've got it all for every different type of eye protection. Polarized shades. You'll save twenty five percent when you use promo code Big X. Go to their website, shadyrays.com, to see what I'm talking about. This is Kentucky Roll Call, and this is a commercial. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, you don't like fiction? Yeah, I guess you could say like, that. Like, what is your favorite fictional piece of anything? Do you, do you like Jurassic Park? Uh, Jurassic Park was good, but that's real. I mean, that happened at one point. Welcome to Jurassic Park. No, not with no, people, but I mean, <laughs> there, there was like there was they, we've never story. cloned an island of dinosaurs, uh, and then well, the island had an electrical failure, so it, the dinosaurs got out. It at least had the feeling of something that could have happened. I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. I love Jurassic Park. I mean, couldn't... I've always been a dinosaur Theoretically, guy. that we get space technology where we're going all over the galaxy? Nope. That can't happen? Nope. I mean, it's literally happening. Nope. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to get into it today, but 
Are you all like up to date on all the UFO sightings that have been going on all over the world? Oh yeah. You know, um, I, I think one of them, like, I saw a video of Russia allegedly shooting one down. Yeah, there's that one. There's just like there was pl- pilot audio that somebody foiled that was. You know, it was them in the cockpit just being like, this thing is hovering around us in the restricted zone. And uh, there's been videos of like spheres, ball, like just balls that are like flying through the sky and like fighter jets are following it. Of course, it's tough to know what is like real and fake nowadays, but it seems like the UFO stuff is really heating up. Man, I thought I saw one yesterday when I was leaving work. Or no, I guess that would have been Thursday because it was dark. And I had gotten on one of the highways, and there was just this red light going across the sky, not blinking or anything, so it wasn't an airplane, but it went from my furthest left vision to my furthest right vision in three and a half seconds. The fastest moving thing I've ever seen in the sky. Swear it was a UFO. Wow. I was just talking about like viral videos, but Scoots himself has seen a UFO. Yeah, I'm convinced. Do you want to change your tune on space travel? Yeah, I don't know why I was so adamant in that rejoin that that can't happen. I was just having a stubborn day, I guess. It was a good bit. And that, I mean, made for great. That's great audio. That's, that always makes me crack up. Good stuff. You know, it's good stuff is Salsaritas. Two locations True. in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive through so if it's a little too cold out there for you, allow Salsaritas to heat you up with some warm, gooey queso and you won't even have to get out of your car at the middletown location st matthew's beautiful interior nice and warm inside and it'll feel nice and warm in your belly as you eat it whether it's a quesadilla burrito nachos i mentioned their queso hot spicy uh, salsa as well for people that like a little kick to their salsa get the hot if not you can get the mild download the salseritas app save you time it'll save you money and remember if you got any big events this weekend Maybe you're having folks over for the UK-Kansas game. Salsaritas will cater. They can bring it right to your door, save you time, save you energy, save you effort, or it'll be waiting for you in the store if you're going to be out and about and want to pick it up yourself. They All they want to do is be as convenient and make things as easy as possible for you, and that's the beautiful thing about Salsaritas with also affordable price tags and delicious, delicious food. Check them out today. we got more on the text line, unless, Roush, you've got something to say. Love when I get in the rhyming thing. Just really makes me feel better. I don't think I have something to say. Here's something random to say. We'll bring up. I hate the way people talk about themselves when they're entrepreneurs. Just ah, the worst people on Instagram. Just call it your small business owner. Don't have to be an entrepreneur. It's like when you're trying to, people are trying to be like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Influencer? Oh, God. Uh, some people. It's driving me nuts. Um, uh, little bone pick. Yeah, that's understandable. I don't want to... I, I want to be careful to open this can of worms, but Roush, is the Hoops Insight guy still... What, what's, what, are, what are his takes on Wheeler? I don't know. I haven't... Did he have, um, did he have to give up 50 bucks? Maybe. I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't followed up. I haven't seen his stuff lately or talked to him, but it's got to be... It's got to be tough for him right now. Like sometimes you just have takes and you just down that hill. I, I think a lot of that too is like he's a numbers guy. You know, the numbers never lies is a load of crap. 
Like you've got to, you've got to use both, right? You've got to use your eyeballs and the numbers. And, that, and that's how like the analytics stuff um, that you see a lot on football and decision-making um, you have to use your eyeballs sometimes as well. And that's why some of these punts, like what were the, 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 the Cowboys doing punting at the 40 yard line last night? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, what, you, what are you doing? That's a guess. It's the playoffs. Don't be a coward. You have to go for that. Well, Nate Oates had some interesting audio along those same lines, just talking about how, you know, a good radio show would maybe have that audio pulled for you. Not blaming you, Scoots, because I'm just bringing this up on the fly here. It'd be it's on me for not having it ready. But he basically was saying like it's 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 really silly to just automatically take somebody out with two fouls. He's notorious for allowing people to continue to play with two fouls, and I don't think that his take is a hundred percent. I mean, it's situational. If you've yes, got somebody yeah. that gets in foul trouble, like the Oscar situation, I'm okay with them taking him out with two fouls because he is so important to the team. If he picks up a third, it's changing the way that you're playing the remainder of the game. It's different for some folks. But if you got somebody that you trust that doesn't normally get in foul trouble, it is kind of silly just because they pick up their second foul to automatically take them out of the game. It's, so it's, it's You said time and place, too. I think Oscars was around six minutes left in the first half. you got to think that your team can – you, you had the lead to that point. You kind of got to trust your guys to get to halftime with that lead and preserve it. Um, they did not end up going down too. But like, and then when Kaysom Wallace got his two fouls, I think that was Georgia, right? Where it was two fouls, like bang, bang. I, yeah, take yeah. that guy out because it's in his head right now. Um, but the, it shouldn't be a I – just, I just hate when there's uh, strict rules that you must always follow. I agree. It's got to be situational. Same goes for football, as you mentioned. Uh, people sometimes overthink that stuff. A texture on the Thornton's text line says, what a BS call. The guy was grabbing Oscar's arm from behind. Oscar was flicking him away. Besides, how far back can you claim an elbow was thrown at you? Again, it was same, it was same possession. But I do think, you know, don't, don't go back to possessions or anything like that. A texture says, be nice to have a zone about now. Yeah, A&M's a team you could zone. Mm-hmm. The only issue would be, who was it? Radford and... Uh, who was the other guy? Taylor. They can mm-hmm. get inside, and Taylor, especially with that little floater, it's a pretty shot. Wheeler couldn't get around a screen, and he hit it, but he hit it a couple times in the game. The only that'd be the only concern about a zone is if you let those guys get inside sixteen feet, they'd have a pretty good chance at scoring. But they weren't really a threat from the perimeter, and especially with Oscar in foul trouble, you could have made things a little bit more bogged in inside potentially, but. Hey, it all worked out. The man-to-man defense eventually prevailed. Jimmy Dyke spending three minutes breaking down the word compliant. We need to revolt. Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm all, like it's almost entertaining just how much I can get triggered listening to him call games. It's like I was uh, TJ. I, I had the volume down low, um, so did not did not get to the chance to get triggered by it. So. Nice change of pace. I would be willing to wager that he's going to be on a 9 p.m. SEC Network tip-off on Tuesday. Oh, you can but, bet your sweet buns on that. Man, it would be nice if this Kansas-Baylor game went so late, too. I, there's just no way I'm staying up for all that. Maybe a first oh, half not, tonight. Yeah, not a Monday. Yeah, no, yeah. no I'm, I'm right there. Catch I'm right there Monday. with you. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, journalist Roush, you know this first and foremost. I've got a little journalism in me as well. It's, you never make the story about yourself, but I'm going to make the story about myself. 
am I responsible for UK's winning streak? A lot of people are wondering. Have I've you been clipping you, in for the Cats? I've been clipping in for the Cats the, every win nice. the last few. Uh, they have not lost a game since I've clipped in for the Cats. They've done nothing but win. Now the only thing is for the nine o'clock games, I don't, I can't do, I can't do both because I am disgustingly sweaty afterwards, and like eleven fifteen, eleven thirty is just too late to be going and getting in the shower. So for the nine o'clock game, or at least last week, I at halftime went and took the shower and then watched the second half, not clipped in. So I'll probably do that again tomorrow night. But yeah, got in, got in some nice mileage. Uh, it's. It really kind of calms me down, weirdly enough. I don't get as like worked up during the game because I'm just so tired. <laughs> I do appreciate that, though. You're <laughs> hey, if the cats you're, are you're sweat, taking I'm out gonna... all of your frustrations on the the bike. Exactly. I feel like I'm I'm sweating with them. We're we're all going through something when UK is out there. You know, the final four minutes, I'm like, push, TJ. You got to do this for the cats, man. And I'm just pumping away at the bike. It's uh, it's good, clean family fun. Another texter on the Thornton's text line says, oh, it's from uh, Jacob Joggin, says one texter. That's a good text. Kirby says, absolutely insanity. They let him grab and yank his arm and then flop for an F1. Marvel has literally been flopping the entire game, trying to get Oscar in foul trouble, and the refs are falling for it. He was pulling his arm. Kirby was worked up about it. He says, shot makers finally hit some shots down the stretch. Team is starting to get gritty wins. I'm here for it. I'm not here for two-and-a-half-hour games, but go Cavs. Yeah, maybe you don't have 90-minute reviews, and that can make the game go by a little bit faster. Uh, but they are. They're finding different ways to win, and it's not always easy, and they're still pulling away. I still would like a comfortable win, Roush. Maybe that Georgia game could be considered that, but I'm, I'm talking one from like start to finish where they just kind of blow the doors off an opposing team. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but maybe that's in the bag. They, they really could have Saturday, too, because how many times were you just waiting for the lid to be blown off route and the shots just weren't falling, you know? I know. Yeah, this team's inability so, sometimes to extend leads. That's which, the next hurdle. That's the yeah, next hurdle. Which could be the Kansas game. That would be, gosh, Rupp, is, Rupp would be ready to just absolutely explode. I don't think the refs are going to let Bill Self get blown out by the Cats twice, but we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Oscar has 17 rebounds and no one even cares. And saying that a number like that is just a total afterthought. Yeah, we've been, I mean, we've been saying that for over a year now, though. The stuff he does, we just have, like, yeah, it just goes off too. our back as, as yeah. if it's the norm, but it's totally not. Uh, Nick is becoming more and more KSR with every tweet. Just give it a rest, buddy. Oh, I've got some bad news for you. I've been pretty KSR for about 10 years now, so. Dexter uh, says... Did Big Click Nick get bullied into deleting his tweets? Yeah, was it a forced deletion? No, no. Because I, I wasn't even, I mean, I was busy with kids. I wasn't really online that much. Um, I saw a lot of replies, and I was just like, I'm not going to go through these. And it just, it it came off much more angrier than it needed to after a win. And I felt like a jerk. I was like, ah, eh, I'm not going to deal with this tonight. What would you say to the people saying you called somebody a coward, but then you deleted your tweet without explanation? Oh, it, it, it's very much a cowardice like uh, mood. Uh, I thought you uh, you owned up to it, buddy. That's yeah. who you know. Who cares? We all have really dumb tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I, I didn't need to. You don't need to take a victory lap. Nobody likes a guy who's going to take a victory lap over somebody not playing as much. It's just, and like we're having fun, right? UK. That's all we wanted. We want these fun radio shows. We're having fun. Uh, and I, I do think that it just 
you were trying to kind of dig the stake in, and then you realize, like, oh, wait a minute. We're all well, kind of cheering for the same group it, here. Yeah, and it's, it's fun to say I told you so, but it's – this time just wasn't the time. It just wasn't. It happens, buddy. A texter says, hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook. Hey, Brad. Earlier in the season, I thought Cal was too quick to pull the plug on Reeves and Frederick when they made mistakes. They looked timid on the floor like they were trying to avoid making a mistake rather than trying to make a play. The past few games, he seems to have given them a longer leash, and it's paid off substantially. Shooters have a tendency to get hot and cold, so I'm glad to see Cal keeping his guys out there even when they were missing because it shows that he has faith in them and breeds confidence for a shooter. Kentucky had a lot of open threes against A&M, and even though the majority didn't fall, they will have games this year where they do, so having confident shooters is a huge deal. Also, Wheeler's almost unplayable at this point. I love the kid, but he doesn't do anything other than guard. Other guards can't do besides being a horrible shooter, defense, free throws, and having a small frame. I may be dumb and probably am, but could see Wheeler's minutes being better used by Thierro. I I disagree. I mean, I want Thierro to get his minutes as well from time to time. Um, And I don't think he got in on Saturday. I could be wrong about that. But there's going to, I mean, Wheeler's going to have to kind of ball handle a little bit. But I thought it was a big deal for Wallace to be able to handle that pressure and that press the way that he did, it's really not that hard of a press to make. You just cannot panic, and he never did. So I was happy to see that, uh, you know, Wheeler's going to get some limited role. It seems like they figured that out. I do agree with your CJ and Reeves point. Roush, it's kind of interesting that, like, Reeves was – Cal just did not play that dude. Like, like we thought he was in the doghouse, and maybe he was, but he just did not even get off the bench in some stretches. I'm glad that's no longer the case. Yeah, in maybe there was something. I, I know that that was uh, a take. Uh, probably like 2019. Why are, shoot, are shooters worse for Cal? Does Cal do something? But like, I think there is certainly something to what Brad's saying. I really, I like that take, Brad. He gave him a longer leash, and they seem to be thriving. And it's still waiting for CJ to have that big game, though. We're still waiting on that one. It'll happen. Bellerman loses against Lipscomb, but the Louisville sports media bashing Kenny Payne Monday. I wonder why. Oh, that's right. Scotty's white. What an, what that... an ignorant text. Like, seriously. Who's talking, who's talking Bellerman basketball? Right. It, Louisville it, sports talk. It's their second year in Division One. A lot of people don't even know about Bellerman, and Louisville is supposedly a powerhouse college program. That's why people are talking about Louisville. It has nothing to do with race. That's so ignorant. UK won more basketball games in a five-day stretch than U of L has all season. What do we think about that? Oh, but the Cards didn't play on Saturday. Wow. Get, they gave their fans a reprieve. Can't lose yeah. if you don't play. Yep. And then the U of L women's team lost yesterday. Yeah, that was on ABC too. And Jeff Walsh won the big one. Yeah, they were really bad down the stretch. And then UK's women's team had a chance to win it, missed the shot at the end. No. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer for women's basketball in the area. Mm-hmm. Roush just put the spread in his tweet. I'm sick of these off three shenanigans. They don't want you to have to click the link, Roush. No, that's that's the whole point. Um, I'm always going to not put the actual spread in there when I tweet it out. You all were right, although Roush, our Scoots on Spears show, was gave like a four-point margin for what the spread was going to be. Stay off that limb there, buddy. Excuse me? You guys were right about the spread on Saturday, but on Sphere's show, you gave like a four-point margin of what the spread may be. Stay off that limb, buddy. You need me to repeat it again? I mean, I did. yeah, I did the thing like four to seven. 
That's pretty wide range. <laughs> I don't. Well, here's the thing. It's like, I don't if wanna... it's four to five, like I could, that's that's a wiggle room because you could have a hook. It can move, but four to seven is a pretty big, pretty big jump. Yeah, but Roush, if I nail the spread, I'm just gonna come in here on Monday, and TJ's gonna take credit for it anyway. So I might as well just give a margin. Oh. I was I was higher on the spread than I thought it would be. I was wrong. I don't know when I'm wrong, Scoots. I don't have to make up excuses or make cast a super wide net. I think the UK Vandy spread will be anywhere from zero to twenty five points. Pretty good guess. Let's see if it happens. I mean, what Vandy could end up being favorite. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think that's a. It'll be a. It'll be a small spread, whatever it is. Uh, text. I'm giving you a hard time, Scoots. A texture says Livingston can't buy a call at the rim. Yeah, you really can't. I'm not sure yeah. why people get those calls all the time, especially with his frame. Let's give Severe credit for creating four open threes in about three minutes in the first half. Livingston made his two. He can create. Uh, mm-hmm. I also think Wheeler, not to get into more Wheeler talk, but he just if he had a big that could alley-oop easier, it'd make his yes. life easier as well. But Oscar's not that big. Um and then sometimes when Wheeler's in there, he's got to have two other shooters for him to really be able to operate the way he needs to. But he can create some shots. I'm just my most the part that I'm most disappointed in Wheeler is like defensively he is just broken down. I don't know what it is. You think he'd get better with age, but he's gotten a little bit worse, unfortunately. That's my biggest issue with him. He's you know offensively he's always had some issues. You just got to surround him with shooters, and then if he had if he had an Anthony Davis, I mean who couldn't benefit from that? But especially somebody that can get in the lane and just throw it up. Oscar's not that big, and 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 Uganda's just not there yet, unfortunately. Uh, not 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 yet, not yet. Um, it also feels like every whenever they try to do the lobs, that there's just they're not on the same page. One person's ready for it, the other one's not. Sort of deal. Agreed. I mean, the one to was it Wallace and Ware? Was that this? Was that yesterday? Or was that on Saturday? Or was that the Georgia game? I don't know. They run together. Off night for Oscar, only seventeen rebounds. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, he's just an absolute freak. Why did Roush delete his tweet about Severe? The guy is the worst. I'm not talking about Severe. Hey, you be nice to old Roushy. And he explained it pretty well. LOL, did Roush delete his tweet about Severe? Roush is the ultimate D-bag. Yeah, bring it on. Um, <laughs> shout out to Matt Jones for turning the season around. Well, it would have never happened if he didn't make Cal hire new assistants either. So, got to give that guy a lot of credit. College basketball is wild this year. Everyone's losing. That's so true. Except yeah, for Alabama and, and Purdue. I really do think that, like the, we get that narrative. It's the tournament's wide open. They say that all the time, and it's just not true. But I, I feels very wide open in January. Now, some of, and I think what's going to happen, TJ, is teams like Kentucky or your North Carolina, like the the teams that have been good in years past, are going to to start clicking, humming, buzzing. And I think there's a huge benefit to like when Kentucky is playing pretty much any team, even if they're not ranked and they're struggling. It's a big game, and it's a big atmosphere. I, I believe that has a payoff. Now, of course, last year it didn't. They kind of folded against St. Peter's or just couldn't make enough plays to pull ahead. But I think there's a benefit to playing in pressure-packed games where the bright lights are on you. Some teams just don't get that. They play in empty gyms most of their season. They may play in a few big games, but there's not a lot of pressure. or They're playing with house money. I do believe there will be a benefit for UK. Just every, every time they play, it's a packed gym on the road. And then when it's at home, it's, you know, A&M. We want to win at Rupp. That's something that we can tell our kids about. Hey, yeah, I want at Rupp Arena, uh, even if it is against a bad UK team. So you really are getting everybody's best shot. That will pay off. It has paid off. I think it's starting to pay off. Uh, Salt Lake Brian here, complete ass-kicking by the Bengals. Also, Burrow rushing total over equals free money. Good for you, Salt Lake Brian. 
spend that money wisely. Damn it. I knew I forgot to bet something yesterday. Crap. <laughs> I'd like to send a season assist to Billy. My name is Bo. From now on, I'd like to go by Bo Big Blue. It sounds better. It's cooler. Billy can go by Billy Little Red. Oh, text line drama. Yes. I love it. Love, it. love Thornton's text line drama. Uh, Billy, you got to respond to Bo. Let us know what you think. The Dallas Cowboys' own line play was like Vescovi guarding a guy coming off a screen, holding every single play. I love it. I love uh, a, a Shrey pew at Vescovi. He deserves them. Somebody said, did you all see this $5 parlay win? And, yeah, that was the one where uh, he picked first touchdown score in all the divisional games. It paid out seventy two grand because three tight ends and Jamar Chase. Pretty crazy. That's awesome. I had not seen that. I heard you all kind of mention it, but that's that's great. Uh, a texter says, this from a Plumley bro because he spelled your name wrong. Roush seems like the Wheeler tweet you shared and deleted is getting some attention. Yeah, he got some. He got some. And, uh, you know, didn't Roush went on tweeting his life and acted like it was nothing and good for him. Never doubt the Plumley bro teaser that is simply made of straight cheddar cheese. Cheers to all the KRC folks who took the teaser this weekend. Nonetheless, was very surprised the Bengals won the way they did. I also was surprised they won the way that they yeah, did. Yeah, I did not. I, I – I could see the winning outcome, and I even had a friend that did the scoots bet, the seven to twelve, and they just—I mean—they blew that one out the doors, right? That's crazy. Oh yeah, it did. All right, we'll put a pin in it there. We'll finish up the text line today, but don't be discouraged to sending more in. Tuesdays are a little bit slower, so we'll keep—we'll uh, keep at it. We'll also preview Kentucky and Vanderbilt. It'll be a game day edition of KRC tomorrow morning, seven a.m. Thanks for all the texters. Always fun talking about a UK win. This is Kentucky Roll Call with TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Tuesday.